Today we're going to discuss the topic of death. True or false? You are going to die one day. True. You know, my daughter has started star testing this week. Hey, true or false, you're going to die one day. We are going to die one day? Yeah, the soul doesn't die, but I think the there body does. My daughter has started star testing this week, so I thought I would give us all a test to see how far we've progressed in getting through the back door to Moksh. Well, it turns out you failed, which means I failed, which means we're going to keep sitting here every Sunday until we get it right. You are a soul. You are never going to die. Your body is certain to die, but you are not your body. The back door to Moksh, in, any, in case anybody wanted a shortcut on how to get to Moksh, is to live your life believing that you're a soul. And if you don't believe you're a soul, then fake you're a soul until you believe you are one. That is, make decisions in your life as if you were a soul. You pretend you're a soul. And you will start to realize, as you make those decisions and as you see the consequences of those decisions, that you are a soul and you'll prove it to yourself. Imagine yourself in the middle of a timeline that lasts 50 lives before this one and 50 lives of yours yet to come. What good is it focusing on money when it just resets every life? What good is focusing on physical pleasure, on material things, when it's going to reset 50 times in the future? It's insanity to keep repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and getting mad when it doesn't work. That's why it's not a waste of your life when you focus on Samvar and Nirdra. In fact, it's the only same thing you can do because you are the only constant thing in your entire universe. Can you just define Samvar and Nirdra? Sure, no problem. Samvar is the blocking of karma binding to your soul. Nirdra is the shedding of karma that are already bound to your soul before they come to fruition. Come on in. We're talking about death today. We just did a pop quiz. Since my daughter's taking star testing this week, I thought we'd do a test. True or false, you're going to die one day. Very true. Very false. You are a soul. <laughs> you will never die. It is certain your body is going to die. You are a soul. You are never going to die. True or false, you should prepare for the death of your body. True. We have limited time to somewhere in Nizjara, right? During this lifetime, whatever I can to either block and not add to my karmas. Right. True. You should prepare for the death of your body. Hey, come on in. How are you doing? Today we're talking about death. My daughter is taking star testing this week, so I thought we'd do a test. True or false? You're going to die one day. True. False. You are a soul. You're never going to die. Your body will die, but you're not your body. So every Sunday, we're going to keep meeting here until we get it right. And we're going to just keep doing it for the rest of our lives until we figure this out together. I've been trying to tell you that for how many years? <laughs> hey, come on in. I, I've got a few more new people. Hey, great. Hi. Glad to have Wonderful you. Bonus. Hi, glad to have you. Hey, come on in. Sorry, hi. I'm bringing Peter over. Yeah. Oh, fine, fine. Come on in. Great to meet you. My name's Stemer. We met before? Yes. Yeah. My name's Stemer. Kulal. 
to nice now. to meet How you. Do? Yes, great to meet you. Thank you for adding me on that WhatsApp group. Oh, no problem. Glad to do it. Um, uh, are you on? Yes. Okay, great. You're on. Okay, so let's do uh, introductions a little bit later, and we'll we'll talk about uh, where we work and what our names are, and we'll introduce you to everybody. Uh, we're doing a little pop quiz here um, to see how long we've come. You've been coming to this class for over two, three years now, right? Okay, so true or false? Today we're talking about death. Okay, true or false? You're going to die one day. True. False. False. <laughs> you are a soul, and well, your man. soul will never die. Yeah. Your Fair body enough. will die, but you're not your body. Fair enough. But what does the book say? How to prepare for the death of your body? Well, you take a vow, and it's called Salenkanava, the Salenkanavra. That is, um, you take this vow to die with equanimity. Uh, when you take this vow, you go for a well-ordered and chosen, voluntarily chosen death that is not inspired by any passion and that is the result of a conscientious, gradual withdrawal from the taking of food such that it would never disrupt your inner peace and mindfulness. I'm talking about, uh, these words are coming from the book. So, pardon me if I don't, which book are we talking about? We're talking about JES 402. Do you need a book? I don't believe I have a book. I don't have a book. So, okay. I will, um, you're on the WhatsApp group? I am on the WhatsApp So, group. I will send a PDF to the WhatsApp group. I'll send a soft copy. And if you need a hard copy, then let me know. Sounds good. Thank you. So that's the difference between this and suicide. Suicide is a result of passion. Okay, it's a result of you have tremendous grief, tremendous sadness, tremendous anger. Hey, come on in. Hey, how are you doing? Jay Jinendra, how are you doing? I'm late today. No problem. You get to take a pop quiz. Are you ready? Uh, I guess so. True or false? You're going to die one day. <laughs> We're talking about death today. It's both. It's both? Yes. How is it both? Because body is going to go and soul is never dies. Perfect. Perfect. Oh. All right. Most people got it wrong because most of us do not believe we're a soul. And the trick to getting to moksha, if you ever wanted a back door into getting to moksha, is to believe you're a soul and live your life as if you're a soul. So that's the difference between this and suicide. That suicide is result of passion. This is a result of dispassionate reason, okay? Again from the book. For the aspirant, there is no dissatisfaction, no sorrow, no fear, no dejection, no sinfulness. The mind is cool, calm, and composed. The heart is filled with a universal feeling of love and compassion. It is also called the death with equanimity, okay? So, how will you know? When it's time. Hey, come on in. How are you doing? How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. You're a doctor, right? <laughs> We're talking about death today. Oh. Okay, so it might interest you. So true or false, you're going to die one day. Is it true or false? It's a question. True or false? True? It's false. Okay, because you are going to live forever. And you are your soul, and your soul will never die. That's right. So, how will you know when it's time to take this vow? You'll know. Just like when, if you're young and you ask, how will I know if he or she is the right one for me? You'll know. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, when you, it's time to take this vow, you're definitely going to know. Uh, so, there's two parts. There's Kashaya Salenkana, which is you discard all your passions. And there's Sharira Salenkana, which is you discard your body. Um, you give uh, you give up enmity, attachment to possessions with a pure mind, and you ask for forgiveness for everybody. You cast aside your grief, fear, and anguish, your wickedness, with all sincerity and zeal. You reflect on the sins you committed in your life, and you compare that with your current life, your current, when you take this vow of death. First, you give up solid food. And it's gradual. It's not like you just do it cold turkey. You do it gradually. For example, you might go down to one meal a day. Then when you're ready, 
you give up all solid food and you just rely on liquid nourishment. The next step is you give up all liquid nourishment except for water. Okay, then you just rely on water. And in the end, you stop with the water. That's at the very last. You stop with the water. And let's take a step back to think about it, okay? You only get this opportunity at the end of every human body life that you have. So very rarely do you get this opportunity to take this back. Okay, it's not true for the other animals. You, if you are an animal, you cannot take vows. No, not the vow, oh. but the, you know that yeah, you are yeah. going and you, what you describe, give up the food, then give up the liquid, and then finally you are... Stopped. You cannot voluntarily do that when you're an animal. You might involuntarily do that. For example, if you lose all your teeth, then you starve to death. But you cannot make the choice to do that. So let's step that back to think about it. Um, remember, you, let's say you just... You have 50 lives in front of you, right? Uh, this is a rare opportunity, and very few of those will be human. So this is a rare opportunity to do more nirjra than you've ever done. It's not inconceivable that the death of your body is like finding a pot of gold. Okay? The death of your body is like realizing you're a superhero and trying out your new superpowers. That is... If you don't perform any nirdra in this whole life and you do this one thing, it would be more nirdra than if you had taken diksha and not done this one thing. I'll put it to you in another way. Let's say you're a child and you renounce the world. You take diksha, you pull out your hair, you live an ascetic life. All you did your whole life was samvar and nirdra. At the end of this life, you did not take this salinkana back. You did great. You did everything right. You did everything you, you were supposed to. Let's say you burned 10,000 units of karma. Okay? Now imagine yourself in a different life. You're a shravak or a shravika. You knew what you were supposed to do, but you didn't do it. Because it's hard. I've never said this wasn't hard. It's easy for us to talk about it. It's hard for us to do it. You remembered this vow at the end of your life. And you said, what have I got to lose? This body is no good. None of my relations have amounted to anything and can help me. None of the money I made matters. I am going out alone. That it doesn't matter if I'm dying inside or outside. It doesn't matter if it's hot or cold. It doesn't matter if I'm surrounded by the people that I love or not. So you remember this vow and you perform this vow. Let's say it takes two weeks. I'm telling you, in that two weeks, you have the potential to burn more than the 10,000 of units of karma than somebody who took diksha their whole life did because of the intensity with which you perform this type of nirdra. That is why the death of your body is a gift. It is an opportunity for you to rise up and to listen to what your soul has been trying to tell you all along. It is an opportunity for you to be the soul you always wanted to believe but can't convince yourself you are. And it is the only opportunity for you to do something that will actually make a difference in your next 50 lives. Because nothing you did has made a difference in your next 50 lives so far. Questions or comments about that? So from what you just mentioned, it seems like your physical self and your soul are two contradictions. Absolutely. To one another. If your physical body is like gravity that is holding your soul back. From really, really, really realizing its true potential. Absolutely. Is that, is that where we're getting at here? Yep. So that at the end of your life, your physical body is going anyway, right? So you might as well use that. You might as well take advantage of this gift that you've been given to tear up the money in your wallet. You might as well tear up the relationships that you have. They don't mean anything. You might as well 
tear up your job. You might as well forget everything. You might as well go outside and start walking and keep walking. What's stopping you from doing that right now? To go out that door, to start walking in any direction, and to keep walking. It's fear. Exactly. But at the end of your life, what is there to fear? Nothing. Nothing. So that's why it's an opportunity you'll have then that you don't have now. And that's why you should take advantage of it. Yes. This is something what we call Santharo, right? Right. So it doesn't help to be peppering off like you know, we described, right? Uh, food, water, technology. I think once you know or your family knows, if you are semi-responsive, uh, not able to eat or drink anything anywhere, but you are conscious, you can hear. So family, you know, you are not able to do yourself, but family can just recite those standard things, uh, part of the Santhara, in last even 24, 48 hours. Doesn't have to be two weeks. It can be very short period. You still get the same benefit, right? No. Couple problems with that. First, uh, because you're limiting the time, uh, you are not performing as much Nirja as you can. In those two weeks, you're supposed to spend in a meditative state, performing as much nirjara as possible. If you limit yourself to 48 hours, well, you're not doing as much as you could. Second, the reason we gradually taper it off is because we don't want to disrupt the nirjara that we're doing. If we, for example, go, hey, come on in. Hey, come on in, how you doing? We're talking about death today. Uh, so second, if you don't gradually taper it off and you try to do it cold turkey, you will start to introduce those passions into your mind. Um, and it'll be, remember, this is hard. This is not easy. So you'll more likely fail okay, if you don't try to do it gradually. And third, if it is actually something that nobody's, nobody can help you. If somebody recites a prayer for you, that doesn't help you at all. Um, especially if you're not conscious or you're not responsive or anything like that. This is something that you have to do yourself. Mm -hmm. Nobody can help you do it. And so I don't recommend. And fourth, it sounds like you're trying to make an excuse to push that responsibility onto somebody else, mm -hmm. like your family. But we're not going to do that because only we are responsible for our own soul. That, that two weeks you mentioned, was that in the book or that... No, that's something I made up. That's right? just an example, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. Right. Maybe uh, you can go three weeks without water. Yeah. You know, uh, the, we have a couple doctors online. We have a couple of doctors mm -hmm. in the house. I think you can go four days without water. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm sure you can go weeks without food, though. Mm -hmm. Has anybody experienced anybody taking Santaro in any of their family? Like extended family or... Not right. So then why is it not so widely adopted? Because it's hard. It's very difficult to make that decision at the end of your life. Even at the end of your life, you don't really want to let go of your life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's right. Yeah, at one point, there is an eventuality that you kind of have to come to face with. But you don't know when you're going to die. That's the problem. That's, yeah, that's a good point. That's the problem. Yeah, you never know. Don't get that choice, right? Yeah. You get a hard it's a surprise for a lot of times. Right? Generally, in you know, end of life, people are taking some or other medications. That's true. And that cannot be part of this process. That's right. You have to stop everything. Yeah. It's a hard choice. The culture here also with medicine and doctors is if something happens, you didn't know it was in your life. You kind of think it is, but they're like, let's give it a shot. <laughs> let's not let's not give up on all hope until until it's too too late. So that's the right. What happens thing. is, let's say you pass in your sleep, and the your family calls nine one one. Guess what happens? The emergency come. You've been dead for ten hours. Yeah. They try to resuscitate you because that's their job. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then only when they cannot, then they'll make a pronouncement, and they probably won't. They'll probably try to resuscitate your ten hours dead body all the way to the hospital and wait for the doctor to make an announcement. So that's exactly right. 
Well, I mean, that's that's one. I'm saying when you're not dead, but things are failing, mm. you're in the hospital. They're like, let's try this, let's try that. We'll put you on artificial breathing. This, right. you know, so there's a whole bunch of interventions people will try. Like, like let's not give up hope. Hey, come on in. Hey. We're talking about death today. But it is it is rare, even if somebody's conscious at that point, it's very rare for them to say, look, guys, let me, let me just go. Here's what I'm going to start doing. You know? Right. Right. You've been in this class for, what, three years now? Okay. Right. Did you learn anything? <laughs> so no? I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so true or false, you're going to die one day. True. Okay, false. You're going to live forever because you're a soul and you're not a body. So we're just going to keep on going for another three years. <laughs> just, just every Sunday for another three years until we get it right. It's okay. It's okay. Only one or two people got that right so far. So. A lot of people are going to be here. <laughs> All right. So what do you do before your body dies? Let's talk about, let's put Jainism in the corner for a second. You got Before you die, you got to write a will. Okay. People say, oh, I don't need a will. You know, the state of Texas says my children get everything equally. Guess what? You still need a will because if you don't have a will, your creditors might be able to get money before it goes to your children. Hmm. If you don't have a will, there's a lot of protections you're giving up. Okay. So write a will before you die. Communicate with your family about your intentions. Um, it's important to have an open and honest conversation with your family about death. Uh, there's plenty of resources online about how to talk about it. There's a book you can buy. If you go on Amazon, you can get a book. And it says, like, your name, your address, here's my bank account number, here's my email password, here's my this password, here are the accounts that I have. And you can just all write it in this book, right? And it makes you have a nice little conversation with your family. Um, and it's more, it's important to do that because... If somebody understands your intentions when you die, they can make decisions uh, that correspond to that. Um, because they have to make a lot of decisions that you might not have accounted for. But if they understand the your kind of mindset of your purpose of what you want to happen when you die, then it's a lot easier. Um, so for example, I'm an attorney and I have to make a lot of decisions for clients and I can't go back and ask each time. So that's why I ask clients to well, give me your mindset. What's the purpose you're trying to accomplish here? And then I can make a bunch of micro decisions on their behalf because I know what they want to accomplish rather than me having to ask each time. On the same token, there is a organization in Boston area. It's called ICC, Indian Circle of Caring. And they have adapted a five-basis book that is uh, done by Mother Teresa in India and some uh, American lawyer. That includes our Indian culture, Indian value, plus all the basic stuff that you want to do at the last minute when you cannot speak. Who is you have five, three children? Who is going to make the decision for you? Because mm. sometimes all three are on a different page. One say, "Yeah, let them go." One say, "No, no, no, I want him forever." And mm -hmm. your wish is not being honored if you did not write it down black and white. Right. And it becomes challenging and frustrating for the family. So it's a very good idea, anybody over 18, should fill up that book and you can go in their site and fill it up and look it up. Okay. Five, it's called Five Isis. Great. Perfect. It gives you detailed information like this area, what do you want to do, that area you want to do. It's basic something you may want to keep in mind. And guess what? Um, believing you're a soul makes it easier to die. Right, it makes it easier to have this conversation. If you're just moving to your next life, it's not a really big deal, is it? The only big deal is you didn't get enough summer and near drain while you could. Um, so it makes it easy to have your kids and your family experience less trauma. It makes it easier for you to accept your death, and it makes it easier for everybody if we realize that death is a transformation, not an end to anything. I also feel like that realization actually helps you attain a mode of a giver than a taker in general, right? Like, because we as humans at the end of the day, what we strive for is 
that our legacy continues to go on. Right. That is the reason why people donate money for their asana for XYZ reasons, right? Because we intrinsically, as human beings, we want our contextual self, our soul to stay on forever and be remembered right. by other people, by generations. Right. And with that realization that you have that I want to transcend from being successful to being great, mm-hmm. right? Is then the only way you can become that is by giving, right? Not by taking, right? So that realization of that you just mentioned it helps us to transcend from being a take taker to a giver, right? Is what I mean. Nick, how long you been in this class? Three years, four years? We've been through a lot, right? Personal? <laughs> <laughs> and, and spiritually, right? Yes. All right. True or false, you're going to die one day. True or false? True or false, you're going to die one day. My soul is not going to die, but my body. Great. Great. Okay. Love that. Rest <laughs> <laughs> up there while I'm ahead. <laughs> Okay, so in that same vein, we prepare an advanced healthcare directive to outline your wishes for a medical treatment in case you become incapacitated. That way, um, everybody knows what you want. Uh, you prepare your, funer- your funeral arrangements. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter because your soul has moved on. So it doesn't matter whether you get buried, you get cremated, you get thrown into a river, you donate your body to science, you do something with it. It just does not matter. It matters to your family. It maybe matters to your friends because they're, they have to deal with the suffering. But it, I don't, does any, has anybody heard anything about Jainism saying it matters what happens to your body? I don't think so, right? You have to get it cremated. Why is that? Why, uh, once your body starts decomposing, the, um, increase of bacteria and whatever mm-hmm. increases exponentially mm-hmm. so they always say it should be burned as quickly pretty much as quickly as possible because mm-hmm. otherwise the basically you you know that's what it's all about so. right so that reminds me of like well we don't need after dark right because okay so your soul is gone from your body I don't really your, it doesn't matter about your soul about these bacteria in your body or anything but it does matter to other people for they will have to kill the bacteria getting rid of your body and that's you know they're causing violence so I sure I understand that uh, it matters to other people what happens to your body it doesn't matter to you but make an arrangement yeah. <laughs> some arrangement <laughs> so when does the soul depart what's or how, let me rephrase it. How long does the soul have before it departs? It's like three summer. Or summer. Right, until your last breath. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And three summer is like less than fraction. Alright, so Neo has made um, a comment about. Google has an inactive feature. If there's no account activity for six months, it will revert to default family member to access your account. Sudden death and then last of passwords shared with the family is problematic, problematic, so this feature is helpful. My wife and I have set this up if this death may, if death may occur. Okay, so certainly we're going to have to uh, engage in new kind of policies. I remember I had to tell people that uh, somebody died on LinkedIn. There's a section you can go to where you submit their funeral information and they verify it and they change the account to inactive. Uh, So we're going to be in this new world where the majority of information soon to be online is going to be about dead people than about people living. Um, So we're headed there. Uh, the last one about this non-Jainism stuff is review your financial situation. It's the same thing we've been talking about. Uh, writing a will, things like that. Questions or comments? I want to go back to the earlier question about why do more people not take the, the vow at the end of their death? Yes. Is it, is it even common in India? I mean, I haven't heard of many people do it. And I can imagine... You said you'll know when you're going to go, but it is a little bit difficult to know when you're going to go, right? Because people have medical issues and they come out of it, you know, with a little inter- intervention. So that's why it's better 
for you to make a decision rather than having the decision be made for you. Mm. You'll know, when I said you'll know, it's not that you'll know when you're going to go. You'll know when it's time. Mm. That's the difference. You'll know when it's time to go, not when you're going to go. And why don't people do it? One, it's hard. Two, people don't know about it. Mm. And three, if they do know about it, they don't know how important it is. They don't know how much nirjari you could do. If you just got rid of everything. If you just got rid of everything. They don't know how much nirjari you could possibly do. So that's why people don't do it. And once again, we've said this before, it's very easy for us to sit in a circle and discuss these things. It's very easy. It's very hard to do any one of these things we've been talking about. And if you do one of these things, you're ahead of everybody out there. Okay? Um, and I don't want to minimize that. But I don't get to do it for you. If I could do it for you, I would. Okay? I can only... <clears throat> give you the information, try to inspire you to do that, and you have to take the initiative to make a change in your life. You know, I still wonder how one can know it is the time. Two weeks in advance, in today's world, where there is so much medical technology and advances out there, how can you know it is my time? Unless you have terminal illness, you know doctor has given you the case, you have metastatic cancer, you have six months to live, one month to live, blah, blah, blah. But here if you are a normal, otherwise normal, some other medical conditions like, you know, even heart disease, mm. how can you know it is my time, two weeks in advance? How did you know you were in love? <laughs> it's a totally different story. You cannot compare them. It's not, you are not comparing apple with apple. Mm. So, Santara is basically like, let's say you can't, your body, where the doctors have said basically, you, there's nothing that they can do. There's no hope. And there's no hope. And you're, you can't even take in food, let's say. Let's say you put in food and you have to vomit it out. Then that's basically when you... Yeah. I understand it. So that is the terminal illness. Terminal yeah. that, that is otherwise, really when you do something. Yeah, otherwise it's so difficult. Even if you understand. I don't think that's the only time though. Yeah. It's when you're when you know you're about to die. But only <clears throat> So the question is, can you only take this when you know you're about to die or is it a decision you can make? You don't have to know you're about to die. <laughs> you have to know it's time. Yeah. You will know it's time. You don't know when you're going to die. You will never know when you're going to die. But you will know when it's time. Can you explain how? Giving some example. I think it's more internal. Uh, it comes the based on the situation. <clears throat> that will come internally. Uh, I know my aunt's grandfather, paternal grandfather, he took I think 21 days or 25 days and that was a choice which he made. Mm. Of course he was in the 80s but then uh, he was admitted and then he decided that he doesn't want to you know go away at the hospital bed. So he said I want to go back home. Once he was home, he decided that he will take Santara and every, I mean, he left everything, food, water, everything. And then that went on for like 21 or 25 days. So you can imagine the first week people think, okay, now it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But it just stressed and I saw the pictures. It was like a skeleton by the time he passed away because you can imagine in 25 days you're not having anything it's like doing the mass common right so but here uh, in mass common at least you you have the hope that you will come back you you are surviving right mm -hmm. or you're having water mm -hmm. but in his case i think it's more internal that it comes from within and then you make that big decision it's not easy 
of course. So that's a very feel-good story. I mean, you mentioned that stuff about the skeleton, and people probably recoiled, but I didn't recoil. Uh, that's a very it's very courageous that he did that, and he did a lot of good for his soul. And you know, maybe you don't know. It may be that you don't know, yeah. and you would never do it. But my hope in telling you this today is that you remember that this option exists. Mm -hmm. Because we all want the back door to moksha. And this is the back way if you've been a shravaka or shravika your whole life, and you thought, well, I can't overcome these things that have bound me to this life. Mm -hmm. Well, at this time, when it's time, this is your one chance. It'll never be easier to overcome <clears throat> All the things that are keeping you in this world and at the end of this body's life for you. And maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But I hope that you know that this is an option for you. You know, but I think um, if you know it's a terminal, you are going to die anyway, you are not able to do it. And that time you do it, that is an easy way out. Hmm. And that should not be. That, the benefit is used, like you said. It is more benefit than sadhu sadhu doing, you know. Diksha for 15, 20, 50 years. This benefit is greater than that. Mm. That means mm. it cannot be easy way out. That yeah, it's my time. Mm. I'm gonna die in five days or a week or whatever. I want to take this benefit. Mm. No, Banyagiri basically. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think, like you said, I think you should know that no, it's not time or not. I don't know, but this is what I want to attain. Mm. This is what I want to achieve. I'm gonna give up. Uh, even though I know it's not out there in the near future that I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I want to get the maximum advantage, really do that kind of extreme level of tapasthariya and pass away. Mm -hmm. That's great. Maybe you make the decision not knowing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Maybe you make the decision and that takes more courage. Yeah. Maybe you make the decision because that's what you decided you wanted to do. And you know, maybe you didn't know. Maybe your body didn't tell you it was time, but you told your body it's time. That's great. That means you can have more time to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Other questions or comments? I think that's probably one of the reasons also that why not a, peop not a lot of people adopt this because they not they're not able to figure out that whether it is time mm -hmm. or not. Right. And so you've been a doctor, right? How many times has have you seen scenarios wherein the case was like completely given up, but the person still resurrected? How? What is the probability? How many times does it happen out of hundred? I think if the doctor says you know time is up, they withdraw on the life support. Generally, most people do go, yeah, do die, like within. 24 hours mm -hmm. or next 48 hours. Neil, our other doctor in the house, says it's a very low probability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's also about the mathematics, right? Over here. Yeah. I mean, it's all about that too, in a way. Right. And. Yes, Bhavan. Yeah, I think the discussion, what we are having, it's just like anything else. Certain things is on the faith base, certain things that you accept the way it is. Um, what we are discussing right now is an ultimate, ultimate reality that each of us will go through at one point of your life and you have to make a decision. But that being said, anything, everything becomes harder if you're doing it for the first time. Um, what we've been talking and discussing uh, was always do the things what you can do now, do the things what you can do tomorrow. Um, and not knowing what's happening in two weeks and four weeks and a year or ten years from now, do start with something that is little that you can do with the conscious mind that I'm doing it for the purpose. Do the things for the purpose. I think that makes it a difference. And if you choose to do what we are talking about now, towards the end when you realize that this is my time, hopefully it will become easier and you will be more joyful rather than harder. Plus, if you have thought through this, discussed with the family, it would be easier with the family as well to go through it, just like any other event. You know, that's really amazing, this point. I had never thought about that. It's going to be really hard to do if you do it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I thought, well, you can only do this one time, mm -hmm. each life, each human life. But then I thought, no, that's not right. <laughs> you can fast. 
You've all fasted before. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try gradually going to one meal a day for a week and then come back to normal? And then why don't you try gradually going to no meals a day for two days mm-hmm. and then come back to normal? Why don't you try going on a liquid diet, right? Why, right now, while you're in the prime of your health. That way, when you're not in the prime of your health, you know you can do it. And it'll be one less thing, one less barrier to making that decision at the end of your life. That's a great idea. Here's the thing we should talk about. It's scary. I know it's scary. It's tough to be on your own. It's tough to be responsible. It's tough to do the right thing. For me, it feels like I'm leaving my warm house to go walking in the cold wind forever. Why would I do that when it's so easy to turn around and go back in my house? It's easier to make excuses. It's easier to let it go. And it's easier to tell yourself when the time comes, I did what I could. I should enjoy the time that I have left. And I never really believed I was a soul anyway. But let me tell you something. When you get old, All that's going to evaporate like dust in your hands. When your body is old, you're not going to be able to eat your favorite foods anymore. You're not going to care about watching that movie or playing that video game or reading that book. When your body gets old, all the conversations you have will be repeats of the same conversations you've had a hundred times. I'm only 41. I'm already getting tired of the same conversations I've had for my whole life. (laughs) All the travel you've done, all the experiences you've had, and all the people you've met won't mean anything. You are going to start to despair when your body gets old and you realize that fact, that your entire life was meaningless. And my hope is that you remember something like this exists. That you can give your life more meaning in the last two weeks than you have done in the previous 80 years. If you can do that, then all of these Sundays will have been worth it. All the pain, all the heartache, and all the misery that we call this life will have been worth it. Because you will finally experience the briefest taste of believing that you're so. So this thing applies to old age, not the young age, when you have a full life ahead of you in general. Because you can do that Nirjara now. You can do Nirjara and Sambar, you can start to do that now. It, it, it applies to you now. You may make, if you are devout enough to believe this, then if you start, if you take this vow at a young age, you can do more Nirjara and Samvara than if you take it at an old age. But the thing, the reason it's written like this in the book is that it's easier when you're old. When you're old, it's easier to give up everything. It's hard to give up everything now. But when you're old, it's easy. So we might as well do it when we're old. But if you want to do it now, let's do it now. But at this age, any one of us does Sandhara, that's not the right thing to do because you have still duty to perform, you have work to do. The human life is not that easy to come by. And you are, let's say, you're committing suicide in another world. That's not the right thing to do. All right, so this is not suicide for a couple of reasons. First, this is dispassion. No, suicide. It's, it's like it's committing a suicide for because you are just want to do Nijera. That is in your head that you this is the best thing I can do and I can achieve more success. Excuse me, it's not suicide. No, it's not suicide. It's sort of like no. It feels okay, it feels wrong. Well, how about <laughs> that's right, that's right. it feels wrong? Well, I certainly, I certainly understand the point you're trying to get at. Is yeah. well, if I'm young, why do this when I'm young? I let me do as much near as possible and then do it when I'm old. That way, I take advantage of this great human life. I 100% agree with you. Let's do both. Let's do as much near as possible right now, and then when we're old, let's decide to take this back. It, it's, it's not a bad idea to think about 
planning to do this when you're old. When it's the right time, like you say, right, two right. weeks before you would That's know. Right. That's a perfect time. But at, any, at this age or even 70, 80 years old, if you are a normal human being, you have ability to give something to the world. I don't think that's the right thing to do. No, Sometimes sometime whatever, they don't want to trouble their family. Going to hospital, come back. That's why they took the center. No, that's totally fine. When you are certain age and certain, you accomplish everything, there is nothing much you have to offer to anybody. And the purpose of life is fulfilled. That's different story versus younger age. Because you have said that I'm going to do the moksha because I'm doing it. To me, that's not a problem. That's my view. Yeah. And I think that's what we are saying though. We are not saying that young people should do this anyways. I mean, it's about all about realizing that it's my time time to leave this physical body and release release myself as a soul. Well, I would caution you to listen to the words of that great philosopher, Mr. Kanye West. <laughs> he said, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. Mm-hmm. You don't know whether you're going to get there. Yeah. You don't know whether you're going to live tomorrow. You don't know whether you're going to do as much nirdra as you can now and have enough time to make this promise. So start doing it now. Mm-hmm. Can, can I ask a question? Of if, course. If, sorry, if we, part of my ignorance over here, I've not read the book. I think other folks have. What is the... Nobody's read the book. I guarantee you. <laughs> Nobody's read the book. So you've been yeah, using two terms. Thanks for giving us credit though. Yeah, that's good. You've been using two terms. Nidra and there's also one more word that Some, you're using. Yeah. yeah. What, do, what do those mean really? Samvar is the blocking of ashram. That is the blocking of karma that binds to your soul. The blocking of the influx of karma. Okay. Nidra is the burning of karma that's already bound to your soul before they come to fruition. And we perform nirdra by doing tap. Okay. And, um, tap is practicing austerities. So when we take this vow, we practice austerities. So for example, you might decide after you've given up food and water that you're going to spend two days reciting the no karma. Two whole days intensely, figuring out what they mean, figuring out doing this. You might decide, I'm going to spend the first half of my day meditating and the second half of my day reciting uh, stutis and stavas. You might decide to do different kinds of thups. It's any kind of thup that you want to do. Some are better, some are worse. Thank you. No problem. Other questions or comments? Thank you very much for your time this week. I really appreciate that. What I'd like to do is I'd like um, for everybody to introduce themselves for the new people we have here um, and tell us about what you do. And because this class is not only helping each other on the spiritual path, it's helping us professionally and um, it's helping us expand our network. And so I would like this class to be that. And so that way uh, any of these new faces can come up and talk with us after class and talk with us about work and things like that. Um, So let's start with uh, our people online so we don't forget them. Bhavan, can you start? Oh, hi, yes. Uh, Bhavan's work for Powell Industries. It's an oil and gas company. Um, And I am a director of public management. And uh, we are in Houston area. We have offices in uh, Chicago, Edmonton, um, UK and Singapore. Okay, Neil has come up with another quote from that great philosopher, Mr. Kanye West. Nothing in life is promised except death. Know your worth. <laughs> Neil, can you introduce yourself for us? Sure. Uh, thanks, Samir, again. Appreciate you uh, doing these classes. Great to see you back. Uh, um, Neil Shaw, I worked in the medical field. I worked for UT. And Mihir, can you introduce yourself for us? Sure. Jai Jinendra, everybody. Kirsha, I used to know Sla. And so, the last one, Matrula, then on as well. The long-term area, the one G. The one-term Sla. Me here, uh, 
lived in Houston for a long time. He moved to Belgium for work. When are you coming back to Houston, me here? That's great. Oh, he's in Belgium right now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're international. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, can we start this way and go around, please? Um, I'm Hasset Singhvi. Uh, I'm the retired physician. I practiced cardiology in Massachusetts. I just moved here six months ago. Learning to do six months here, six months there. I'm Chetna, and we are from Boston. And I decided to focus on MENA, so we are in Houston. Learn about me, Jainism, and do something for my own soul that I will take with me. My name is Kinjal Cheda. I'm a CPA by profession. And thanks, Timir. You know, I missed two, three weeks and I just feel that emptiness. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we need this reminder. And I keep on reminding me myself every morning that, you know, I want to make better decisions. No, mm-hmm. one thing I want to do every morning is start my day with asking God to let me make a better decision. Um, and same thing, Nizjara, somewhere, you know, whatever I can do. Fun thing I've, I've loved is stop lying. It made my life so easy. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't have to reply. I can say no. I've started learning yeah. to say no, yeah. whether it's clients, families, um, friends. Um, that also stops a lot of, I think, Karma Bandhan for myself. Of course. Mm-hmm. Love the policy of saying <laughs> The best thing about not lying is you don't have to remember anything. Exactly. <laughs> Life becomes so simple. Exactly. And it's tough being a CPA. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said no. I wonder what Timir feels about this. <laughs> My name is Hardik Shah. I'm into the mortgage. I'm, I'm into the home loans and commercial loans, and I deal in commercial real estate. And I'm in Houston since last five years. And regular to the class around six months now. And I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. My name is Ashish Mehta, and Commercial um, Center IT Consulting. And mm-hmm. passive time, I'm a real channel so. My name is Nick Shaw. I'm the CEO of Energy Islands. We're a worldwide distributor of pipe bar and tube. We manufacture turnkey components for downhill drilling. Um, originally lived in New Jersey. From there, moved to South Texas for 16 years. And then been in Houston for last year. Yeah, we'll never forget. You came, you brought the hurricane with you. You moved into his house and then he started helping his neighborhood. That year, yeah. that same year, and it snowed that same year too. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll always right. remember when you came into our lives. <laughs> My name is Akash Daga. We have our diamond jewelry business. Been in Houston for our whole life. Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Kunal Kothari. I have been uh, in Houston since 2009. I'm a classic story about living in Mumbai, coming over here to do my master's, went to a and graduated in 2008. Not a very good time to graduate, if you guys remember. Go back to 2008, but still was lucky enough to sell myself here. I have a beautiful family, my wife. Uh, she's actually in the mandir right now. She's, she uses this one hour for her meditative state. And I have two little girls, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. The nine-year-old is going very soon going to be ten-year-old now. And they're both in the Patshala as well. Mm-hmm. I work for a management consulting company called Anshanya EY. And uh, very, very grateful to meet you Hi, my name is Sandeep. Uh, I'm an IT professional. Uh, work for Infosys and Microsoft and recently started my on my own. So I'm a freelance <coughs> consultant now. Uh, I have two boys, uh, 11 and 9. Uh, they both go to Patshala. We've been in Houston for almost five years now. Just after Harvey hit, we arrived. So I did not bring the... the <laughs> <laughs> uh, came after uh, Harvey had come. So yeah, uh, been part of uh, this class for almost four years, I think. Uh, and I really enjoy and look forward every Sunday. The main reason to come to part to GSH is to make sure I attend this class. Uh, thank you. Did you sign the papers? Did you start work? 
Yeah. Did you come to an yeah. agreement? Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's great. Congratulations. He just took the big jump um, to move away from uh, a regular job and go into on his own. So we're really happy for him. Yeah. That's, see, that is overcoming fear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Nitesh Daga. Uh, we own a diamond and jewelry business. We've been, I was born here, raised here, been here all my life. Um, this class gives us a good reason to look back and kind of make sure we go back and visit our soul at least once a week, hopefully, uh, and touch ground. So it makes a big difference. It, it really, uh, and I want to thank you again. It makes a big difference that you're doing this because not everybody would. <laughs> I'm Kaushik Batrawala. I am uh, executive VP at a company called Audubon, leading the downstream business. Um, I've been coming to this class, like Timur said, a few years now, and obviously still I don't pass any test. Uh, but definitely every week it does reset uh, and and make you start thinking what is the right thing obviously uh, how many days after I leave the class uh, it stays with me is still not there like it should be but uh, this is amazing class um, and I talk about this class also at work um, now obviously I joined a new company and still I'm building the relationship but People knew that Sunday I go and sit with a group of similar-minded people and how we exchange ideas and uh, we talk about general basic principles, how to live a good life, right, mm -hmm. essentially. So it's amazing. Thank you to me. Yeah. And credit to him. He was the one who introduced me to this class. Great. And thank you again. Still <laughs> waiting for my referral bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Umesh Jivari, uh, working for Birla Shop. My client is National Oil Work I am in Western for the last 10 years and working on the Oracle Volume as a technical one. I have one kid, uh, 17 years old, doctor. Okay. Uh, I'm Samir Sangani. I grew up in uh, Houston, but then from 2001 to about 2021, I was out of town, school, and lived in, in Los Angeles. So moved back uh, a couple of years ago and I just started coming to class the last six months. So it's been nice. And I grew up uh, with Demir and his uh, older sister and <laughs> in fellowship activities at that time. So, Oh, and I um, I work at an investment company and run mutual funds, equity mutual funds. That's my job. Good uh, everyone. Uh, my name is Sankit Shah. Uh, I work for an oil and gas company called Woodside Energy. It's in Galleria. It's a basically an Australian oil and gas company. And I primarily work in their data platform, uh, lead their effort in that. Um, this is my first class, but I have listened about this class on the podcast app, the Apple podcast. Uh, other than journalism topics, I also enjoy the other things that you cover, especially, you know, the uh, contemporary things like Bitcoin. So uh, it was very, very good. So I'm hoping to learn about journalism as well as the other things uh, from this class. Thank you. Mm. Um, I'm Abhishek Jain. I Work as in corporate FPNA for a uh, uh, property management company called Poplar Homes. We manage real estate portfolio for individual investors, so single family, multifamily, a little bit of uh, commercial as well. I've been in Houston eight years now, almost eight years. Started coming here about three, four months ago. Or this year with Pasha, with the kids at Pasha. Mm -hmm. uh, really love the experience and. <coughs> learning and unlearning some of the things that we grew up with that, um, you know, about Jainism and really understanding the true meaning of our principles that initially were passed down from our parents and like, learning the values from them but truly now understanding the meaning from like, the, these conversations the book really uh, really get love the get back to the original principles so we appreciate that thank you thank you to all of you for introducing yourselves and telling us where you work i do want if anybody wants to come up to anybody after class or talk about work i do want this to be a space for that my name is timer Cheda. i'm an ip intellectual property and corporate attorney uh, this class started with janish Mehta, and when he um uh, stopped teaching i took over this class and it started as dad's class because 
we had a mom's class. Mm -hmm. So there was, we didn't want to step on any toes. So we started it as dad's class because we didn't want to take away students from the other teacher, right? That would be very rude. Um, and so, <laughs> but now I have noticed that there is no mom's class anymore. So I'm happy to have any, anybody come now. Now it's adults class. Um, this class is all about the application of Jainism to our lives. It will always be about that, and because that is always the hardest part. I know we're running over time, so I have to cut that short here, although I have a lot to say. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming this week. I really appreciate that. I don't take for granted the hour that you give me every day, every week. Thank you. 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 Thank you.